welcome to the podcast. Uh, we're so happy to have you guys uh, listening in today on whatever platform you're doing so. Uh, today we have Josh Bixler Hi. and Alex Zavada and a very special guest. Dear friend. Uh, dear friend, indeed. Uh, our very own friend, Tucker Gott. What's up, Tucker? What's up, guys? How's it going? Dude, doing all right, man. Glad to have you on the uh, on the podcast. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, we've been trying to have you on for I don't I don't know when was the, when was the first time I contacted you? Is probably what right before you left for uh, for ice Iceland? Were you in Iceland or something? Yeah, I think it was right before Iceland. Yeah, it was a while back, like a couple, two or three months ago, or however long it's been. Yeah, definitely and, a couple months. Yeah, and uh, so we've been trying to have have you on yeah. for a while now, which we're super excited about. Um, Just for people listening, who, right. who, who is Tucker? Got? Who aren't uh, familiar <laughs> with with Tucker? Uh, Tucker, give us like a quick breakdown of like your last uh, two three years. Uh, obviously, he's a paramotor pilot, um, but you've done you've grown quite a quite a bit in the past you know half decade or so as a pilot as an aviator. Um, give us like the quick, I don't know, minute version of your journey and how, uh, you got to where you are today and what, you know, what you've been up to. Yeah. So pretty much all my life I was into aviation. My grandfather was a pilot and my mom has been a commercial higher balloon pilot. So I've been surrounded by aviation forever. And as I got older, I wanted to start doing more things. So I got into RC, I uh, watched you guys like from the very beginning and, <laughs> From there, I went to uh, like summer aviation camps at the airport and got my pilot's license uh, when I turned 17. And the paramotor thing was always like a goal in my mind because I had seen them since I was like in middle school. And eventually, after I got my pilot's license, um, I decided to go for training down at Aviator PPG and learn to fly a paramotor. And since then, I was 18 when I started. And it's been about four years I've been like full on into paramotors and haven't flown a fixed wing since, but the paramotor <laughs> thing has just taken over everything. Kind of ruined it on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. So addicting. Yeah, it says a lot. I, I, I know a lot of uh, pilots. Well, Eric is an example too. And recently he's gotten back into fixed wing, but mm. I've heard that story a lot that people who were, you know, general aviation pilots, fixed wing pilots, and they get into paramotors. And they just don't fly anything else, uh, especially like recreationally. Um, I th in my opinion, and I've, I don't have my private pilot's license, but I have grown up with my dad. I did fly a lot of fixed wing with him and it's, it's completely different. It's a completely different sport, especially on a recreational level. In my opinion, it doesn't get much more recreational than paramotors. I mean, it's just pure fun, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like the most immersive flying experience I've ever <laughs> experienced. I now I have to I have to ask you because you're you said your mom is a hot air balloon pilot. Uh, my <laughs> family has quite a few ties to the hot air balloon culture as well. My brother, he just like was born obsessed with hot air balloons for some reason. <laughs> my older brother Joe, and uh, he's actually uh, he races on a professional <laughs> level. He's competed all over the world in the you know the uh, World Air Games. And he does the world championship. He was over in Austria. He's done one in Japan and stuff like that. So growing up, he learned how to fly when he's like 14 or 15. And uh, so I grew up around hot air balloons. Um, but because I wasn't the pilot that got into it first, I ended up always being crew members. What's your take on hot air ballooning? Do you still like it growing up around it with your mom? Uh, you know, what's your what's your taste on hot air ballooning? Yeah, that's a good question. I I did like through 
since I was a child, I did like the whole chase crew thing and Same. learned every aspect of how to assemble the balloon. And, but I don't know if at this point I would ever be interested in flying, like becoming a hot air balloon pilot. I think they're super cool to like fly paramotors around. That's like <laughs> one of the best experiences. But yeah, I don't know if I would want to just pursue that as a hot air balloon pilot. Yeah, that's funny. I actually had a chance to talk to your mom and your dad at Oshkosh. Uh, when right. we were all there hanging out together and it was cool hearing her stories of hot air ballooning. And, uh, actually I think I, she either knew my brother or she knew, you know, some of the same crowd that my brother hangs out with because the hot air balloon culture is like pretty, pretty tight knit and pretty small. It's a very yeah. social, it's a very, very social sport because a lot of times you don't end up even flying because the, they're so temperamental with the weather that more often than not, they just end up hanging out together and having a little party because <laughs> they can't <Nice>. fly. <laughs> yeah, Exactly. But anyways, going back back to before I interrupted, Stefan was uh, talking about uh, your trip to was it? Oh, Icarus. Yes. Icarus. Yeah, and and so give give everybody uh, a little bit of insight on you know what that is. What's the Icarus Trophy? What uh, what is all is entailed in that? And how do you get not only how do you get involved in that? Essentially, give it, give us some insight into that. So the Icarus Trophy is an organized paramotor race, and they have a big one that is like the main trophy race, uh, which stretches over a thousand miles. This one started in Polson, Montana, and went to Mesquite, Nevada. And then they have smaller series also that are like two to three hundred miles um, that are a li- little bit more attainable for either someone that's just getting into the sport or someone that hasn't even gotten in and just wants to do a race. But the um, both races have two different divisions. There's the race class and the adventure class. So the race guys are fully self-supported. They have to carry all the gear, which is like oil and uh, camping supplies, everything to get from the start to the finish line. And uh, you fly with a tracker, so people are watching you the whole time. And it's what makes it attainable i guess or else if you tried to do that without like a safety crew it would probably like if you had an issue it would go really bad but there's always a safety crew watching you um and then the adventure series is a lot more relaxed and you basically can have any support vehicle with a friend or whatever following you and you just do it for the sheer adventure they both sound fun tell you the truth (laughs) Definitely yeah. sounds like yeah. an ad- adventure to say the least. And I've watched your video for, for those of the people that are listening, uh, you, Tucker, how, how many videos did you do on the Icarus? Um, the actual race I did five. Yeah. So there's like a five part series. It's pretty awesome. You right. covered, you did a really, really good job, honestly. Like I, obviously you're a much more experienced pilot than I am, but, um, I would have, I, I would have felt like I would have had trouble like focusing on both flying and capturing the content. Uh, is that a challenge when you're when you're focusing on you know navigating, piloting, and also capturing and creating content to put on YouTube? Is that is that a challenge? Yeah, it was definitely like a balance. Like I thought about just doing adventure class so that I didn't have to worry about being focused on the race as much, so that I could get better video. But I ended up doing the race class and filming, and it was pretty challenging because I didn't even think ahead that it was going to be so cold that the GoPro batteries would last like 15 minutes. Oh yeah. So yeah, I ended up missing some shots, but I think it turned out pretty good. Yeah, it turned out well. And 
lot of times actually that <laughs> that can even help when you're limited on like uh, battery or memory card mm-hmm. because when you're filming over however many days you were doing this event, like a lot, it's really easy to overwhelm yourself with too much footage. And then when you go to edit, yeah. it, it's just like kind of crazy. Um, yeah, exactly. Speaking of uh, content, you, uh, I, I think in, at Oshkosh, you told me like January one this year, you totally dedicated your focus to YouTube and being a content creator. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Right. Yeah. Uh, how 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 has that how has your journey been so far? Obviously, we've been watching and and cheering you on from over here in Ohio. <laughs> it's been really cool to watch you and your channel grow. Um, what's that journey been like? Have you learned like any any cool lessons or anything in regards to making content and social media? Yeah, it's been quite a journey. I mean, I always kind of dabbled with YouTube a little bit, and I make edits and throw them up every so often. But like you said, the beginning of this year, I kind of committed because I decided to not keep working the same job. I had worked at the skydiving facility and wanted to make YouTube my primary focus. So it was kind of a little bit of it had to happen. And then I also had this passion for YouTube from the very beginning. But yeah, it was, I mean, a, a really growing like I had to learn a lot and grow throughout the process, um, creating like two to three videos every week so far. It's a lot of fun, but a lot of work at the same time. Yes. And I think the coolest thing that I've been stoked on is paramotors is just, it's this underground thing really. And being able to share that with the world and figuring out how to create a video with a paramotor that the general public will get excited on. Like for example, the one I just did recently was dropping a paper airplane. And that's like such a simple little thing that a lot of people can relate to and combining it with the idea of a paramotor that Mm. a lot of people have never heard of. is just a cool experience to be able to share that. Yeah, that's definitely awesome. And I've actually talked to different people about it. And I believe that uh, part of the reason why people are drawn to your videos, because there's quite a few paramotor pilots out there that make videos and make content. Um, but I think one of the great things that you have going for you is basically just like how even keeled you are and how down to earth and how simple uh, you explain things um, rather than being like a showman in the air, like an aerobatic showman, you know, showing off what you can do. You're just doing your thing. And just kind of talking like a normal human. Yeah, bringing us along on the ride. Yeah. It's, rela- it's relatable. Yeah. It's very relatable. And I think that's just your personality. Um, so so you're obviously you're really, really good at it. But um, I think when people watch you, they don't even realize that you're probably one of the best pilots in the world. Um, when they watch you, they just feel like they're watching some kid who just took off from his backyard and is just flying this flying contraption around. Right. And it's super interesting, super engaging, and, and, and super easy and fun to watch. Um, so I think you, I think your formula is definitely awesome. It's, it's, and I think it's going to continue to do really well for you. I appreciate that, man. I think one of the things I like kind of forgot is the first time I even made a video with my helmet set up to record audio. It was even difficult to like think about talking and flying at the same time. <laughs> so I go back and watch that video and there's like so many cuts and like, I'm not holding a fluid 
train of thought because I'm trying to fly and talk at the same time. <laughs> I have a tough time talking and walking, so it's I totally understand that. It's be a yeah. tough one. <laughs> Stefan and I always joke, and maybe you can relate to us, but like anytime, especially with like our vlogs that we do, anytime we shoot some video or sh- try to shoot like a segment for a vlog or whatever, almost I'd say 98% of the time we end it with that was terrible. It's going to be horrible. It's <laughs> yeah. not going to work. And then you go and you start cutting it together and there's all these like little moments. Cause our, our, our content is like very relational and there's these little tiny moments that when you start cutting it together and getting rid of all the crap and leaving the good stuff in, it's like, okay, well maybe there is something here. And then by the end of it, it's like, Oh, this is actually a, a decent video. Let's post it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's put this on YouTube. Well, yeah, I hit the exact same thing a lot of times. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And uh, just learn. When I started doing the vlog, it was I had a lot of experience with like uh, creative process and 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 just creative work in general. Um, but that was my first time deal, dabbling with video, so there was definitely a learning curve. And I experienced the same thing with my videos that I noticed in yours is that just like over the years, the style like continues to develop and it changes a little bit and it keeps it keeps developing into something. Uh, better, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. same thing with your skill set. So it's yeah. it's kind of a cool journey, indeed. Yeah, for sure. Tucker, one thing that really uh, captures me a lot, and and I look out my backyard, and and I think about every time you go through, and when you take off from the soccer field, or uh, even the uh, the airport that you uh, and your wonderful lady will drive to, um, the way that you can just explore a field, you can explore a location, and then hop over the trees, and there's a whole other area to explore. Mm-hmm. And you do that over and over and over again. Um, I think I remember you said when you went to, it was Iceland, um, that mm-hmm. someone was asking you about your favorite moments of flying. And am I correct in saying that you actually went back to when you're just shooting around your, you know, local fields, you know, close to home, that's some of your yeah. favorite flying? Yeah, exactly. I think it comes down to like that location I'm just so familiar with and you can just go out and have so much fun in like the the footprint of the park, just flying around trees and going up high, going down low. It doesn't even have to be like, I totally, I love flying in different locations and with different people, but you can just go out in your backyard and experience that field. Like you said, from the air and it's, it just never gets old. That's awesome. Uh, One thing I think is really special is uh, obviously, you know, if anyone knows me, I talk a lot about families and friends flying together. Um, Jacqueline, your girlfriend, is is flying with you occasionally as well, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, I taught her how to fly last year, and we've had a, a number of flights together. What's it like going on an adventure together? It's, uh, it's a little unique because at the same time of being, like, her boyfriend, I'm also her instructor. So it's tough to balance sometimes, but <clears throat> it's just amazing to go out and share it with someone because there's really no one that flies around me. Everyone is maybe an hour away and occasionally someone will stop by and we'll fly together, but I never really get to share the experience of flying in this landscape with someone else. So to be able to just share that with my girlfriend is awesome. Now, now I know that <clears throat> this is the way I think about it, but, and I'm not sure about the rest of you guys, but if I had my wife flying in the air with me, not only would it be awesome, but I would be, 100% terrified. I like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I literally like the, 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 you know, I'm the, my wife of my, of my child, you know, the mother of my child. 
um, yada yada yada. Is that does that do those things kind of go through your head as well when your girlfriend's up there with you, um, or is that just kind of thing you're just you, you've kind of gotten over and it's just thing you get through now? <laughs> no, it's it's definitely like you said, it's terrifying at the same time. Like if I'm out flying with a buddy, it's just my buddy. I know he's doing his thing. He's going to be cool. Um, but there was this one time which wasn't on film. We were flying together and Jacqueline and I were on Cena's and she's just like, Hey, there's a problem. I have to land. And she wouldn't tell me what, but I it like got my heart beating so much. Oh I'm like, goodness. what could possibly be wrong? Um, so I just talked her through the landing pattern and we came in immediately and got on the ground and I was like, okay, can you tell me now what happened? And for whatever reason, her carabiner wasn't, um, aligned properly. So it was 90 degrees off bearing the weight in the direction it's not supposed to be positioned in. So yeah, that was a terrifying experience, but she handled it perfectly and came in and it was totally fine but it was a little bit scary for sure i'm sure and and that's why i brought that up i was just like sitting there like i don't know i don't know if i could i don't know if i could enjoy myself while my wife's up there next to me i'm like oh my goodness what's going on right now maybe i'm living in ignorance but but right now for me like i'm i'm 100 the opposite uh noah my my oldest son right just uh finished his training through aviator ppg and and by the way speaking of training uh, anyone that thinks that they're going to save a buck just know what you may save in money, you're going to rob yourself in experience and joy and peace of mind mm-hmm. and, and also in knowledge. And it's going to cost you way more than the dollars. And uh, I think Eric said a really powerful thing, and uh, I think as Alex said it, uh, he goes, well, you know, Alex asked, um, not Alex Vada, but Alex, uh, what was it? What's Alex? Alex, said it, uh, Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez asked, he goes, well, what, do you, what am I supposed to do if I don't have the time or the money to get training? And Eric, without like a half a second, is like, wait. <laughs> Wait until you do, and if it's important <laughs> enough, you'll get it. Yeah. Um. One of our biggest things is doing things and doing things right. But uh, Noah did get the opportunity to go through the training, and we used the uh, Aviator PPG DVD, and talk about an awesome experience seeing him take flight for the first time at 15 years old, and also doing better than his dad. He didn't, he didn't <laughs> kneel down both times. Um, That's so awesome. All I want to do is get in the air and be wingtip to wingtip with him now, and uh, yeah, I'm excited for that chapter of life to open up. So Tucker, I have a question now. Obviously, in the in the how long did you say you've been flying? Four years. Yeah, just over four. So in the four years, you've obviously progressed quite a bit from, you know, learning aerobatics to performing aerobatics at Oshkosh to winning the Icarus race and, you know, doing all the the crazy fun stuff on YouTube. Um, how did that progression go? And and would you say that your rate was? was faster than others. Cause like right now I learned how to fly and I feel comfortable flying. Um, you know, I can take off and land without getting, you know, nervous or anything like that. Um, I feel like I'm, I'm getting pretty natural at it, but at this point right now we're flying still a big class a wing. It's a very slow wing. It's the safest wing, um, compared to something like what you're flying, which is the opposite. And right now I'll have to say like, I don't have like any intention or, or need to try something faster. I'm total. And obviously I only have 20 some flights right now. Um, but right now I'm totally content, uh, just kind of putzing around and exploring, uh, in fact, exploring and taking photos from the air and stuff is probably my favorite thing about it right now. Um, how was that for you? Like when you first learned to fly and got your first few flights in, uh, did you 
in, immediately have an urge to try, you know, higher performance maneuvers or higher performance wings, or was that something that came over time? Yeah. So when I started, um, I began on like a classic ozone beginner wing and I was really fortunate that at the time I could commit a lot of time to flying. I was in college at the time away from home and I was able to drive home every weekend and get a couple flights in. But within, I think the first six months is when I upgraded my wing to a Hydron, which is kind of an intermediate wing. It was a kind of big step. I could have taken a second step in between. Um, but the way I got into like learning wing overs and stuff was really pretty much by myself. And it's not necessarily like the best recommended way to be teaching yourself like aerobatic maneuvers, but I took it really slow and did a lot of like reading and watching videos online. And then I'd film my footage from my GoPro and sit down and evaluate it and see what I was doing right and wrong. Um, but I never really had any major issues, but I think that progression took a lot longer than if I had a mentor with me, like leading me through the process. And I think it's kind of tough. Like in the U S there's not a lot of advanced training options. Like you can go to SIV courses where they teach you collapses and stalls and more dynamic maneuvers. But it seems like in the U S it's, not nearly as accessible as it is in other places, but sure. that's definitely the way like I would recommend um, if you want to do it safe, like wait until you've got, I don't know, 75 to a hundred hours and you want to start pushing into bigger stuff, then <clears throat> it's probably time to do an SIV course. Yeah. I, I actually, I watched uh Woody gamer, Woody's gamer tag and his experience right. at SIV. Uh, we can put a link below if people want to watch that. Basically it's, um, extreme scenario training like if your wings collapse they they tow them up with actually it's on the back of this huge boat they tow them up to altitude and then they just make them collapse his wing multiple times and it's really interesting to watch um i guess i guess my question more the answer i was trying to get more of is just like did you when you first started flying did you have intent of uh progressing into more aerobatics and stuff like that or was that something um that you know just kind of came over time it definitely came over time. Like when I started, my mental picture was just being able to launch from the park and like explore the area. And that was it just like cross country, low flying. But then like a switch kind of flipped in my mind about six months or so after I trained, I went back down to aviator and uh, flew with Eric after I had gained a little more experience. And I saw him doing wing overs and barrel rolls over the lakes and it was just super inspiring. And on that same trip, Eric hooked me up with that Hydron wing. Mm -hmm. And I remember the whole drive home from Florida, my mind was just buzzing about, I need to learn how to do this. I want to do aerobatics. I want to learn how to do wing overs and learn how to foot drag and all that fun stuff. So initially it wasn't in my vision, but there was like that defining moment where I knew like, this is the direction I want to take everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because, like, as as I said right now, like, I I guess I do have a goal. Goal of mine is I want kind of like what you do. I'd like to uh, use the paramotor as a means of capturing photography. So exploring, yeah, kind of yeah. like rather than flying a drone, like be the drone, and like <laughs> I, I'd love to like rig, figure out a way to like rig 
Actually, I think one of your buddies that you went to Iceland uh, with was doing something similar to what I want to do, which is carrying like some SLRs and figuring out a way to get good pictures and potentially even like smooth video from a paramotor. I think that would just be fun, a fun hobby. Yeah, for sure. That uh, setup he uses just for capturing like exactly what you want to do just sticks a gimbal on like a shin mount and the footage from that thing is unreal. Oh, he actually puts it on his, on his leg. Yeah. Yeah. So initially he had like a tandem system and it was like this whole suspended rig on with a gimbal in front of him, which was like really bulky and sketchy if he falls on it, but then he just simplified it and it's a shin mount with one of those gimbals, like on a stick and you just slip it in and you're good to go. That's pretty that's, that's pretty slick. Honestly, it's a good idea because it's in the perfect position for why when you're sitting down in your seat. And I'm gonna be honest with you, yeah. Alex. Alex has has the same mentality with paramotors as he does with uh, fixed wing uh, <laughs> aircraft as well. He's that low slow flyer. That's uh, that's pretty much what we what we call him here at the shop. He's the he's the low slow flyer explorer kind of guy. So it makes sense that that's that's his paramotor personality. That's really cool. <laughs> So, Tucker, we we mentioned a couple times you had the opportunity recently to go out to Iceland. Um, How did that come about, and uh, what was your experience out there in Iceland? It looked gorgeous. Yeah, it was insane. So the guys at Team Fly Halo, they're the U.S. importers for Scout, and they sponsor me. And uh, the trip was organized by Scout, and the guys at Team Fly Halo brought me out there. They do kind of like a yearly trip. The year before, we did like a Southwest tour. And then this year it was Iceland. And that was like, basically the email chain was like, what is the best, most amazing place we could fly a paramotor? And there were like five options and Iceland was like the best. And I think without a doubt, it was like the most amazing place you could fly. Um, We got there and the first flight was over a glacier and it was literally like flying into a different dimension. Like... (laughs) I've never really been out of the country before. So it was like going from the coolest place I had flown was like in Arizona and then out in Iceland, it was like (laughs) flying over a glacier and then you keep climbing up this like 6,000 foot mountain and then you're above the clouds and it's just you and this mountain peak and all kinds of scary, sketchy, unforgiving (laughs) terrain under you. You're not walking back. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That was wow. When I hit turbulence out there, like on that specific flight, the turbulence wasn't bad at all, but it was the most scared I've ever been just because what was underneath me. I could imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I I can relate. It was a while ago, I think back in 2014, but we had to, we had the opportunity to go out to Europe and we took a road trip with Immersion RC through uh, the Swiss Alps and we went into France and Italy Mm Uh, just in like RVs and that was like going into a different dimension. So I couldn't imagine doing something like that, but then also getting to fly above everything and see it, see it, see it from above. Uh, that just had to be life changing. Yeah, it was definitely life changing. And we somehow lucked out on the weather. The locals were saying we got like the best two weeks of weather they've ever had. Wow. So yes. we we're super fortunate. <clears throat> goofy question technical wise especially with uh, the areas that you just flew through the Icarus and also Iceland uh, every time I see you flying over a mountain range or a, a huge hill uh, thinking of the road or thinking of you know how how wind behaves going up a mountain on one side and down on the other 
Um, how do you guys navigate that? And, you know, I'm sure Windler can do so much, but as you get through different heights, um, it, it plays games with you, doesn't it? Yeah. And that was something that Iceland was my first real experience with like big mountain terrain. I'm familiar with like the rolling hills in New Jersey and how that affects the wind, <laughs> but out there it's just a whole different feeling. The turbulence is just different. It's like not small little bumps, it's big movements. And for the Icarus, I kind of plan the route to try to avoid higher elevations and um, just because of the weather. But I ended up kind of almost getting stuck on one of the legs. Um, when I came into Wendover, which is just west of the salt flats, there was a mountain range uh, to the north of the town. And I hadn't realized, but the wind picked up a whole lot. So as I came into Wendover, I turned into the wind and I was nearly parked and it was just blowing over this mountain and it was very turbulent air. Um, but I was far enough away that it was doable, but it was just right borderline of, I didn't want to be there. Yeah. If I remember correctly, you actually flew, you know, quite a few miles to one direction to get out of that area before you went, cut over the salt flax. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can pretty well avoid it. And from my experience on the Icarus race, you have to really get close to the mountain. Like you could see in that video, I was relatively close, but it was nowhere near like the danger zone of collapses and stuff. But I just changed my course to get farther away just to find the smooth air. Awesome. Awesome. That's awesome. I yeah. love how you guys can, you know, how you work through it. Cause obviously I'm yet to, to, to fly. You're going to get um, there though. Um, you have yet to get to be in the air with a motor or whatnot. We did some kiting, uh, recently down in, uh, Florida when we were down there for flight fest South. Um, and as, as always, we just got even more hooked than, than we already were. Um, uh, thanks to Josh and the, and the, the wonderful guys down there at, at Aviator PPG. But that being said, um, it's, it really does give me a whole new respect for, you know, the air, the wind, just the, the elements that, you know, Josh was able to pick me up with almost one hand above his head with mm -hmm. this wing on my, on my back. Um, and I'm, and I'm 170 pounds and I'm and just really strong and Josh is just beast mode, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Just throwing yeah. it like nobody's business. I don't want to throw it out there, but you know, so it definitely gives you a, a whole new respect for that kind of stuff. And, yeah. and, and you see that in the training that yeah. aviator does. Obviously yeah. when you see your videos, Tucker, it's the same thing. Um, and, and it's one of those things that you don't think about when you're flying models necessarily as much yeah. because not, not everything's on the line when you're, when your butt's in a seat, mm -hmm. you know, you know, eight, 5,000, you know, feet above the ground, you, you want to start thinking about that. Yeah. You know what I mean, you want to be safe and you want to make sure that you're taking the necessary precautions so that you don't fall out of the sky. You know what I mean? And, and speaking on that note, Tucker, I have a question for, uh, myself and also probably a lot of the listeners here who aren't as familiar with paramotors. Um, what, you know, what do you see? Cause I get the question all the time, especially since I've soloed and people have seen like, you know, the pictures and, and videos that I've posted. Um, mm -hmm. what do you tell people when they ask you about like, how safe is paramotoring? Um, I know that statistically, you know, flying a paramotor, uh, you're more likely to get in an accident driving down the highway at 65 miles an hour than you are to, you know, flying in a paramotor. And 
obviously it's a lot of risk mitigation, but I just, I just like to hear, cause I'm sure you've been asked that question quite a bit. What do you tell people when uh-huh. they either say that paramotoring is unsafe or when they ask you how safe it is? What's your take on that? I really believe it's as safe as you make it. Like you said, statistically, it's more dangerous to drive a car, but it's really your decision making. So from the very beginning, your decision to go to a qualified instructor that sets you ahead and then your decision to fly the correct wing for the correct situation and judging the weather and deciding if it's flyable or not. It, I think it just all boils down to what decisions you make. And you really have to realize that these aircraft are like all up weight is less than your body weight. So you're flying through the air in like a piece of nylon and a motor that weighs all up like 80 pounds. So it's super, super affected by the wind and the weather. And you just have to never really forget that and make the right decisions. Yeah. And I I think that's one of the my personal favorite things about paramotoring compared to paragliding is having that motor on your back allows you to fly in perfectly calm conditions, uh, com- right. completely uh, predictable and calm conditions. Whereas when you're flying a paraglider, uh, like I mentioned, when we were in Europe, we saw tons of paragliders and it looked amazing. But to have success and to have the fun and paragliding, you need that thermal activity. You need certain conditions and a little bit of wind to uh-huh. to be able to fly in mountains and stuff like that, to be able to slope soar. And that inherently is a little bit more risky compared to what we, we fly every either sunset or, or you know, sunrise uh-huh. when right. there's little to no wind and it's totally predictable. You know, it's like flying through glass. Um, yeah. I think a common question or something I see a lot in the comments is people saying like, well, what happens if you get hit by a random gust? And I think like you said, like a random gust doesn't really happen when the weather conditions are right. Like if you're out early morning and there's no thunderstorms, like you kind of have to know that there are like gust fronts and what conditions to really avoid. But when you know the weather, there's really it's really predictable. So you're not really going to encounter a situation where the wind just randomly takes you out of the sky. Yeah. A lot of times, uh, cause I get the question a lot from my friends and stuff about, you know, safety and how, you know, how it's like sketchy being that high and whatnot. And a lot of, uh, something that I've noticed that they're able to relate to very well is it's, it's just like any kind of vehicle. It's just like a car. It's just like a motorcycle. Uh, obviously motorcycles are a lot more dangerous than paramotors, but even a car, um, your decision-making determines how safe driving that car down the highway is. Like Man. if you decide to go 90 miles an hour in a little two seat, you know, coupe <laughs> down, down, yeah. you know, heavy traffic, you're more likely to get in a, in, into an accident. Right. Same thing with, you know, we're flying class A wings, which are super safe compared to flying an unclassified wing. You're going to get into a lot more trouble a lot quicker on an unclassified wing. That's, you know, less, less safe, higher performance, faster. Um, it's, it's kind of the same thing. It's all risk mitigation. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we, I'm, I'm sure that we could go on and on about, you know, paramotoring and, and just safety and, and the risks and the rewards. I mean, it, we could probably just sit here for, for, at, for days. At the end of the day, uh, I can honestly <laughs> say it, it changes lives. It does. Um, it changes lives yeah. for the better. I know my, my wife personally had a lot of fears about me doing them personally, but when she saw me come back and how it changed me as a person, and I think also our friendships, mm-hmm. uh, we came down four friends and, and we came back closer than we've ever been in our lives. And to this day, 
that relationship is held. And mm-hmm. so when you when you take on this aspect of flight, it does it does dig down into a deeper level, even more so than, in my opinion, fixed wing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I want to see this as a family, you know, activity. I want to see this as something that friends can do together. And uh, it's it's worth it. It's worth the expense. It's worth the time. And I think it's probably quite possibly the most approachable form of flight that will meet the needs of most of the people out there. Yeah, especially just the general public. But also, I mean, it, it, it got Alex to the point where, you know, he was on video. He said it. He's crying. <laughs> like his first solo or whatever it was. Yeah. Like he came down with tears of joy in his eyes. I'll be honest. It doesn't take much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's a big soft. He's a big teddy bear. But it's totally okay. But, I mean, you know, here's the thing, Tucker, is like I have yet to, to feel that experience. But I've seen that experience time and time and time and time again from – from my friends here at the shop, from Alex, from Austin, from Josh, from Chad, you know, just, just the, the little glimpses that I do get to see make me want to delve into that, uh, genre even more. Um, and so I'm really looking forward to that. But as I said before, we could, we could go on and on and talk about yeah. this all day. Um, but I do want to, a couple of things to wrap up here, Tucker, I do want to know what you have planned for the future. I know that a lot of our listeners probably want to know uh, what you have planned coming up here in 2018. Um, and uh, obviously I do. I, I, I want to know because um, we always like to follow you and, and see what you got planned and obviously pray for you and keep you keep you in uh, in our minds. But uh, give us some insight on what, uh, what 2018 kind of looks for you uh, coming up here shortly. Yeah. So kind of teaser is my vision for like spring and summer next year. I really want to get a van and I'm working on it and we're going to have hopefully by the end of this month a van ready to go to take down to Florida and then I really want to go out west with it and just fly all the cool sites that I got to fly on the Icarus race but fly them intimately instead of just flying over them in a straight line just really go out there and make quality content um, in the most amazing locations you could ever fly so In addition to that, the Paradigm team, I'm looking forward to doing a whole bunch more air shows like we did this summer and uh, hopefully with a van too. Nice. That's That's, awesome, brother. Hey, anytime that you're going through Ohio and you want to fly with a couple weirdos, you know where to go. (laughs) Most definitely, yeah. I got to come out there as soon as possible and fly with you guys. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, awesome. and also maybe get some uh, model fixed wing in the air, something like that, and just uh, just have a blast. You know what I mean? Fly fly in the air yeah, and real sure, real air, and then fly on the ground with some some <laughs> some planes. So real, real quick, Tucker, before we let you go, I wanted to. There was a recent video that you did that you explained why paramotoring is so special, and I forget exactly how you worded it, but you were talking about uh, fixed wing pilots and why there's so much value in paramotoring. Uh, compared to, you know, guys that have their fixed wing out there, which obviously is an awesome form of flight. But you said basically like in so many words, you can have a lot more fun in a smaller space. Do you remember, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, The, um, I think the topic was, I was talking about speed and how like fixed wing pilots may think that, oh, those paramotors, they fly at like 25 miles an hour. I just get bored. I wouldn't be able to go anywhere, but like we have race quads that you can fly in a soccer field type space. Then you have the little indoor micros. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like the inductrix I have, like it just depends on the environment. Like you can have fun in a tiny little room with a smaller vehicle. It's the same thing with a paramotor. You can like my normal flight is within a five mile radius and you just 
really get to know that landscape and you have fun in that tiny spot. It's not really about going far. Um, although that is a cool aspect of the sport too. Yeah, for sure. It's back when, before I got my house, I lived in a, uh, you know, just like a one family room apartment and you could have fun in there with a tiny whoop, no problem. Uh, but yeah. you, you know, obviously you definitely, you could barely even hover a race quad in there. So it's kind of the mm-hmm. same thing. They're both awesome. Um, it's just one requires a lot more space, uh, you know, compared to the other. So I just exactly. thought that was a really cool analogy and something that hobbyists could potentially relate to, too. For sure. Yeah. Awesome, brother. Well, you know, we're really looking forward. Uh, I think we're going to hopefully be seeing you around Wings Over Winter. Uh, that's our goal to come down yeah. and be able to spend some time with you. And also we're going to put down links, I'm sure, but down below to uh, to be able to follow you, Tucker, uh, on all your different media channels. And also, um, you know, one thing with flight tests, we want to get people a healthy start in any aspect of flight. Uh, the nice folks at Aviator PPG have been the ones that have made that possible for us with the paramotoring. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing we want to do is make sure we encourage people to go through the right paths because you can you can go on eBay and buy one of these things. You can take your life in your own hand. There's plenty of people out there on YouTube showing how they taught themselves. Um, just please take our word from it. You know, with people that care about people more than anything else, uh, do it the right way and you will not regret it. And uh, we'll have some links down below to help if any one of you guys want to want to check it out. Also, my son's video of him learning to kite all the way up through solo is releasing today, which is 11.22. Yeah, so uh, we actually went straight through and we used the DVD. We went down and flew in Florida because the weather is terrible here. Uh, But we went down and watched the DVD. Um, He didn't get any training on kiting from the guys. And we just had an awesome father-son weekend. And he did so well, we we took him back a month later and finished off his training. and, And he's flying now. And like I said, he's going to do a lot better than me. <laughs> so hopefully he doesn't hear that and go to his head. But uh, yeah. yeah, check that video out because it's a really good picture on how you can get started in paramotoring without, you know, getting scheduled for schools because there is a right. long wait list. You can literally, especially if it's you and a family member and you're in the same weight class, Aviator can help set you up with the right wing, the right harness, and that DVD. And you sit down, you watch it, you go in your backyard or you go to a soccer field, you practice. Next thing you know, you're walking into those classes with the core skills that you need to make the experience even better. It's gonna be awesome. Can't wait. I, I haven't seen that video yet, so I'm I'm stoked. So this I, don't, I usually <laughs> I get cool. a pre, usually I get a preview, but I haven't gotten to preview this one yet because we've been busy. Um, but uh, Tucker, thanks so much uh, once again, man, for for coming on, hanging out with us, and, and chatting with us through uh, not only through your life and through your through your hobbies and passions, but uh, just for taking the time to to, to chill and uh, talk with us and there in our community, man. And we we really much appreciate it, my man. Oh, sure, I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, man. Well, like I said, we'll have to get you out here in person as soon as possible um, because not only do we want to fly together, but we just want to hang out. Maybe grab, grab some lunch. Awesome fellowship. You know what I'm saying? Have some fellowship time. So it should be it should be pretty yeah, cool. Man, definitely. All right. Hey, thanks so much for coming happen. out, man. And uh, and we'll uh, we'll catch up with you here soon. Yeah, no problem, guys. Take care, brother. Talk to you soon. See you, man. See you, Tucker. See you guys. All right, what a great guy! Love that guy. Yeah, he is just an incredible individual. He, he is probably quite possibly the most chill man I have ever met. He, <laughs> yeah, he is we'll super chill until he gets in the air. And yeah, then he's super chill, but he he flies. His flying insane. is not super chill. So, he's got some spunky chill, risky biscuits. He, he, when he was talking about him and his girlfriend, and when they had that intense moment, like I could never see anything with because I've met her too yeah. briefly. I could never see. I could never see either of them being intense or dramatic (laughs) or anyway. Like it. I mean, that's what he said. How it happened, but I could just see. Tucker, I have a problem. I'm gonna land. Okay, 
<laughs> I'm sure that's how, yeah. exactly how it went. Yes. Well, the, the neat thing is um, if you watch, especially with him and Jacqueline flying through the air, and uh, it's kind of, it's adorable because it's, I can picture the conversation between me and my wife because she's like, at one point she's like, I'm cold, I'm cold, I'm, I'm cold. cold. And, and they're flying around. He's like, okay, I'm going to go by. And she's like, okay, not too close, you know. And, and <laughs> it, but it was so cool because like, you know, I, I got the Pete and Paul with the original Ted to fly with my kids. And now I realize I have an opportunity to literally fly with my kids. And mm-hmm. it's not as a passenger, but it's as, as a, a companion in the air. And, and that's where the, the paramotoring can take you. And we're dying. Like right now we're sharing one unit and there is something really special. I think Alex, you can agree when we're clipping each other in, checking each other mm-hmm. over for safety, it's like a bonding experience, you know, yeah. helping each other get in the air. Um, it's something very special, but when you're in the air with your buddy, and you look over and you're waving at each other and you're smiling and you're experiencing the same space, the same view, but you're still independently controlling. Um, it's magical. It really is. It really is. You know, it hits you in the feels every time. And I'm looking, right in the feels. I'm looking forward to, to having that moment with uh, with Noah and uh, eventually with Michael. Michael needs to gain about 20 pounds, 30 pounds. <laughs> he's, he's too light, you know, and I need to lose about 20, 30 pounds. So. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> but, it's all but good, it's, one or the other. It, it will change your life, and, and it speaks to really the heart of what flight test is, and that's that's everything flight, mm-hmm. you know, that's everything right. flight, everything family. That's right, man. And if you want to, to get into paramotoring as well, um, like we talked about earlier, we definitely want you to do it in the right way and through the right channels. We'll have links down below to uh, everything paramotor that uh, that we feel is the the, the positive direction to take. Um, we also, uh, if you have not done so, um, please consider subscribing to us on iTunes and uh, on other other uh, podcast platforms. Um, we do we do a podcast pretty much every Thursday um, or so, depending on the the scheduling of the week. Um, but if you haven't done so, please go ahead and uh, subscribe. Also, leave some feedback. Uh, we'd love to hear. Uh, what you guys want to hear about, but also what you guys think of the show. Um, also, check us out on YouTube. We have four to five crazy videos a week that we love to to, to get out to the community. Um, so if you're interested in those, go and check those out. Um, and Josh, Alex, thanks so much for coming on. We Thank really you. appreciate it. Uh, once again, thanks to Tucker Gott for, for hanging out with us. And uh, everyone, we will see you guys next time. Thanks for coming. See you guys. See you guys.